You're listening to the Bear Down Chicago Podcast with Logan Bradley, Ryan Dangle, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru, and Jack Wright. The Bear Down Chicago Podcast. Yeah, we're that Bears podcast. All right, folks, welcome into a very special edition of the Bear Down Chicago podcast. I am your host, Ryan Dangle. Now, if you want to find me on Twitter, it's at Ryan Dangle. That's D-E-N-G-E-L. I'm going to bring in the assistant editor of Bears Wire. That's Brendan Chagru. If you want to get Brendan on Twitter, it's at Brendan Chagru. That's S-U-G-R-U-E. I'm also going to bring in Jack Wright to the stage. Uh, if you want to find Jack on Twitter, it's at Bear Down Jack. And I can't believe this, boys. He still works here. It's Logan Bradley. If if you want to follow Logan on Bradley, it's at Bear Down Bradley. Hi, Logan. How are you? Folks, I'm good. Good to see you guys. Jack, beard looks good. Ryan, beard looks good. Brandon, your hat looks good. And you just all look good. So before we get into this episode, and, and Logan, I'm so excited that you're here. I'm especially excited to hear your thoughts on this because you are kind you've been a little bit of an outsider, right? With you know, with everything that Fox Sports has you doing. Um, and so I, I am genuinely very curious because you haven't been um corrupted by Jack or I uh, or Sheldon uh, about your thoughts on this. So folks, really quick, we got some people to thank. Our first one is Jeff Cadwallader. Um, if you are thinking about buying or selling, Right, whether that be a home or commercial properties, Jeff Cadwallader is your guy. Uh, if you're looking to buy, sell, or lease commercial or residential properties, you've got to reach out to him. Jeff Cadwallader with SVN Landmark. Give us a text or a phone call, 630-254-4734, or visit GenevaJeff.com today. If you do talk to Jeff, let him know the guys of the Bear Down Chicago podcast. Say hello. Sheridan's Barbershop located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois. Been serving the community for 69 years with six barbers open six days a week, Monday through Saturday. They have appointments available to book online or by phone at your convenience. You can go to SheridansBarbershop.com or you can call 630-668-0137. Pencils Barbershop, located in downtown Naperville, has been open since 1966. There they have six barbers. They're open Tuesday through Saturday. They accept walk-ins or appointments. You can book your appointment at PencilsBarbershop.com. Pencilsbarbershop.com, Sheridan'sBarbershop.com, where traditional meets modern. All right, so Brendan, you, we didn't get a breakdown from you for uh, from the Packers game, but I know you can break down the situation that's going on right now. Uh, who's in? Who's out? What's going on? For anyone that maybe somehow missed it, uh, break it down for us. What's going on? So after basically three days of waiting, uh, it's crazy. Just Hallis Hall was Fort Knox for a bit. Um, Earlier today on Wednesday, the Bears fired Luke Getze, offensive coordinator, wide receivers coach Tyke Tolbert, and quarterbacks coach Andrew Janoco. Basically, let's just put it simply. They fired the entire offensive staff, essentially, except for tight ends coach Jim Dre and offensive line coach Chris Morgan. And that also means – the lasting image is Andrew Janoko. We need to it's like the come. last time I can use it. Giggity, yeah. giggity. I will blessing. remember you. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So sad. Um, so yeah, basically the entire offensive staff is gone, and that means that Matt Eberflus is back. He is being retained in 2024. Um, and the Bears had their year-end press conference today uh, with Ryan Poles as well as Kevin Warren, and uh, the three of them, well, Poles and Eberflus spoke for about an hour. Warren followed for I think like 45 minutes or so. Said a lot. Talked about the future of the team and uh, the important things to know are that Iberflus is back in 2024. He and Ryan Poles, he's going to have a hand in this. They're both going to figure out who the next offensive coordinator is and the other offensive coaches. And a lot of questions remain to be asked, like what's Justin Field? What's going to happen with Justin Fields? Um, these impending free agents, all of that. So it's it's been a day. So, boys, like I said, I want I want to hear everybody's thoughts on this. And Logan, I do want to come to you first. I, I meant what I said, you know. I mean, you you have not been in the thick of bearsdom, but you've been able to kind of maybe like take a a, a back mm. seat a little bit and kind of see things from a slightly different perspective. How do you kind of feel about this one? It like I feel like every time that I come on this podcast, I end up comparing what the bears do to what the white Sox do and i think it's just part of a greater problem with chicago sports which is kind of an inability to take advantage of what's presented in front of you or maybe that's not as good maybe it's just taking a risk and in my opinion i think at this point that a calculated and smart risk would be to get rid of Matt Eberflus and go out and get one of these, what feels like so many different interesting options that are out there on the market right now for Chicago bears. So for me, Matt Eberflus might be a fine coach. He obviously showed signs towards the end of the year that maybe he was able to get the team to come together to win a few games, but still at the end of the day, what over his tenure, he's won what one divisional game, maybe two, I forget exactly what it was, but kind of being able to step back and take a bigger look at the league as I've been now that baseball's over, I've been just doing a lot of NFL stuff. It's There's a lot of organizations that are successful that I feel like grab the bull by the horns for lack of a better term and take advantage of what's in front of them. And the bears continue to be an organization that I don't really think does that. And maybe that's not really fair to say of like a guy like Ryan Poles, who I feel like has done a really good job taking advantage of his situation, but the ownership of the bears, um, I don't think has taken advantage of anything ever. Just the same as the bulls ownership, Jerry Reinsdorf, obviously the same white Sox ownership. There's just, I just don't feel like they are willing to take risks, which both means, you know, for the White Sox spending money, like they never spend money, which is taking a risk. And it's the same with Bears. I just like you're at a pivotal moment. I'm not going to act like I know what the right answer is with the whole field situation. But I just think that to be able to get to the top of the league, like why are you playing the game of football if you're not trying to win a championship? I feel like with keeping Matt Everflus, maybe you're, you're gunning to win a division title, but it just doesn't scream something that's a high ceiling. And that's, that's just what, you know, how I see it. Jack, we, we we know that you you tend to lean more towards the, the the positive aspect of this whole thing. So, I mean, I think we know where you're at on this, but but I am very curious. Uh, losing Luke Getzi and and keeping Matty Berflus, where are you at, buddy? Yeah, the one thing I think uh, you know, Logan, per usual, makes a lot of great points, which is why we miss him and his beautiful mustache uh, on the daily. Uh, I guess I would say that the key difference between our pathetic White Sox and the Bears is that the Bears are willing to spend money. They have a GM who's uh, really good at eyeing talent, a GM who is willing to 
um, dole out some big contracts, uh, a GM who has a ton of cap space, a GM who has created all kinds of assets on the field. Uh, he's created a situation in which we have the first and the ninth pick. Um, and in my opinion, the entire franchise is on the upswing. Folks, I think, have spent so much time um, uh, angsting and gnashing their teeth about Matt Eberflus. They have convinced th th themselves that he is the end-all, be-all worst coach uh, of all time. Uh, and in the process of doing that, they have, in my opinion, missed the fact that the Bears continually hire and fire coaches and GMs and hire and fire quarterbacks, and it's led them nowhere. <laughs> it's led them nowhere. And for the first time in our franchise's history, we have an aligned president, uh, or at least in my lifetime, president, uh, GM, uh, and head coach. Uh, and I do think that they're not making excuses. They're not looking for the whys. They're not talking about how everything is in place except they're saying, we're just not there yet. Uh, last thing I would say is Matty Berflus was handed a shit burger his first year and won three games. He was handed a partial roster in his second year, and he more than doubled that win total. I'm excited to see where it goes from here. Brendan, I am very anxious. I mean, you probably written 75 articles in the time that we've been recording this podcast. Uh, so uh, where are you at on this one, dude? Especially after I know you you got a chance to digest all of the the, the press conferences that were that were done. Matt Eberflus, Kevin Warren. Um, where, are you, where are you kind of at in all this? I still feel like the half-assed it. I really do. And I, I know what Jack's saying. And part of me like does feel like it's it's hard to you know reset you know hit the reset button and start all over and everything because you do want what's in place to actually work and i do think that there is evidence that shows that they are getting there but when guys become available like jim harbaugh like mike vrabel who and i know mike vrabel hasn't had like the last few seasons that you know he has had earlier in his career but he also has dealt a bad hand he's proven it though matt eberflus hasn't i think when you're a team on the upswing like that and you have a chance to go get one of those unicorns i say you do it but instead they have they fired the entire offensive staff like that's half that's literally half assing it because half of the staff is gone and now you're asking either a rookie quarterback or justin fields whatever to say hey you're going to learn this new offensive system and you need to show at least a bit of success or, you know, hit this level of success in order for the head coach to stay and for that offensive coordinator and offensive staff to stay. Or in Justin Fields' case, hey, you have to do this now for the third time in four years. Oh, and you're going to be a free agent next year probably because there's little chance that they're going to take, uh, pick up the fifth-year option and it's a prove-it year for you too. It, it just, uh, with where the Bears are at with the number one and number nine overall pick, it just felt like, they could have swung bigger and they could have landed one of those big fish. I don't doubt that things are getting better, but we were talking about it before. We've seen this in Chicago sports. The Cubs got rid of Ricky Renneria to bring in Joe Madden and they hit the promised land yeah. after showing progress with um, Rick Renneria. The Blackhawks did it with Dennis Savard, fan favorite Dennis Savard. Went to get Joel Quenville. Then they became a perennial contender. And now the Cubs just did it again with David Ross, a very nice guy and a guy who has kind of gotten the Cubs back to competing a little bit. But they said with new ownership, no, we think that this guy is going to get us to the promised land. He's a much better manager. David Ross, thank you for your services. Now, the last thing I'll say about that is it is easy for us on the outside to say that because we are not in the locker room. We are not in the front office. We do not know the relationships that these guys have built. 
it really feels like Ryan Poles and Maddie Berflus and, you know, maybe to a lesser extent, Kevin Warren, they are aligned and they have a vision in place. And at this point we have to trust it, but I just feel like there were better options out there that were not explored enough. And they just kind of did what the bears do and they half-assed it and they're hoping to kind of catch lightning, lightning in a bottle with a new offensive staff. I'll keep keeping the head coach. Jack, I think that's the thing that, that that got me in in our conversations because I know you're 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 not uh, as as much as we love to give you a, a, a difficult time about being Captain Fluce. Um, <laughs> uh, I know that we love to do that, and you know, anytime Sarah Spain gives you a nickname, it's got to stick around, right? Um, and so that part of it. But I think the thing that that gets me was. I don't understand how how you wouldn't be elated, excited, like jumping up and down for a guy like Mike Vrabel, right? That is that's a, that's a proven winner that was given a GM that hampered every decision that he made. Hey, don't trade my number one receipt. Oh, you're gonna trade him to the Eagles, and 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 then he's gonna win a super or go to the Super Bowl. Oh, okay, that was that was not fun. You know what I mean? Like I just I. I, I look at Mike Vrabel and you have an opportunity to get a coach that is a proven winner um, and, and, a, and a guy that that I, I would see that push this team over the edge. You know, I think I've been fairly consistent in saying this is that um, Iberflus is okay, uh, but I still think that someone could do almost as good, if not better, a job running this defense and you could get an offensive minded coach or at least someone who's a head coach like overseeing the, the, the whole team. And I just don't see them doing that at this point. Jack, you're oh, muted, buddy. Oh, Captain. Oh, oh, Captain, Captain Flues. Hold on. Before, no. before you say anything, just Thought because I'd be the new guy. it is the triumphant return um, of Logan. And, man, yeah, you got a couple. So so sorry, Jack. Go for it. That's no, all you do. I'm sorry for muting uh, myself. Um, So – I guess I'm living in reality a little bit. They're not getting hardball, guys. They're not getting hardball. They're not getting. That's that's the mindset that the that's the Chicago like, sports mindset. The one thing that's not changing is the ownership at this point. And so, what I think I'm looking at are the ways in which I think this franchise has a path to changing the narrative that we've seen all along. I've said I said this isn't the Phillips uh, pace Matt Nagy clown show. Like there's a plan, fellas. There's a distinct plan. Like we haven't seen again since I've been alive. I've not seen a GM that has the ability to go out and get sweat and brisker and Gordon. There's no injuries or surgeries coming up for any of these guys. They're locked into contracts. Guys, just for a minute, think about the fact that we have the first and the ninth pick and that Ryan Poles is a savvy savvy dude and he sits back and he waits and he sees what people want to offer and what they want to do he may keep fields he may not he may trade the first pick he may not we're not in a position like we usually are where we're like trading picks multiple valuable picks so that we can bump up to get some shit show who may or may not work out and then when he doesn't work out the entire thing is set back another one or two years like that, those are half measures. And I know it's like a technicality, but we didn't fire the whole offensive staff. Chris Morgan has proven himself to be an excellent offensive line coach, and he has stayed. The tight ends coach clearly elevated Cole Komet's game, and he has stayed. And so what we did was addition by subtraction. We removed the guy 
who clearly couldn't move the offense in any way, shape, or form, couldn't cater the offense to Justin Fields' game, couldn't get away from his own gun shyness. And so we trimmed the fat, and that guy is out. And, and so I think I just see a world in which there's a very big second to third year jump, uh, regardless of Eberflus. Who's who's going to be the offensive staff? See that that comes into this. I mean, like, and and we've done this for so many years. Like, I think Kevin Fishbane was the one who tweeted out that it's been since Ron Turner in the mid two thousands that the Bears have had an offensive coordinator for more than two years. Mike Tice, Mike Martz, I I mean, like Aaron Cromer, Luke Getzey, Mark Helfrich. Well, John Shoup was here for more than three years. I mean, they keep recycling, but guess. But guess what? You know what? The next offensive coordinator with a lame duck head coach, that's going to work. That's finally going to work. It, uh, I, I, like, has- I'll come in with, with, a, with a meatball take real quick. Just I want a coach that, got, that has nuts. Like I just want some kind of coach that comes in for one of my teams. I, it's literally it's, – it's a thing that you can't even explain. But there's just coaches that I have experienced that we all have experienced – I'm used to it by now where I look at them, a manager, coach, whatever. You just look at them and you just like they instill no confidence in you whatsoever. And Matt Eberflus kind of is along those lines for me. It's just I don't like a Mike Vrabel has some some gusto to him. Jim Harbaugh, even though I hate Michigan so much and honestly, I hate Jim Harbaugh. He's got nuts. And, the, and most of the successful like coaches in the NFL, like Dan Campbell, at first, it, it's easy to now say like, oh, I wish we had Dan Campbell because at first everybody wanted him out. Detroit but I think to really get to that next level in the NFL where you're winning and getting to very important games you need a coach who lays it on the line for his players and again you guys are more engrossed into like the Bears coverage this year so I could be very wrong in saying this but were there a ton of players that were really vocally backing Matt Matt Eberflus towards the end of this year like that's a genuine genuine question because I didn't hear a ton of it. it it just didn't seem like that and I think when you do have a good coach and there's murmurs around about that coach maybe being gone or fans wanting that coach gone if the majority of players in that locker room don't feel that way you're going to hear it and I don't think I've heard it maybe I'm missing that I I, I think that Montez Sweat did throw his absolute support behind Matt Eberflus but Jaquan Brisker and Jalen Johnson did not. Uh, they didn't publicly slam him, but they sure as hell did not support him, um, especially in the Green Bay loss. And that that's it's it's just another one of those things where is he gonna is he gonna continue to take the the Montez sweater, maybe the stud new pass rusher that he drafts? Is he gonna take him off the field at the wrong time? Like I just I, I don't know why we're going to sit around and watch this guy continually to make the same mistakes over and over and over again that he does. No, he doesn't lose the locker room. He doesn't. He absolutely doesn't. Um, does he develop some of those players? Yes, absolutely. But I still don't think that this dude has any idea how to win a, a meaningful football game. He knows how to beat bad football teams, but I, I just, again, I, I, I don't, I'm not, I have, I don't think I've said Harbaugh. I'm talking Mike Vrabel, someone who is available and, and they didn't, even give him a, a call that we are aware of. Maybe they did behind closed doors and his numbers was just way too high or something along those lines. But you cannot tell me. There's no argument out there in the, in the world from a sane person to say that Matt Eberflus is a better football ca- coach than Mike Vrabel. It's it's just we're, we're, not, we're not having that conversation because it's not accurate, right? Now, if you're to say 
Jack, that that Eberflus could become a, a better coach as time goes on? Sure, I'll, I'll hear that argument all day long. But as of right now, you had a chance to get a bona fide winner, and you didn't even you didn't even pick up the phone call. I don't get that. I gotta be honest. A little, I'm a little weary. I think I think people want Flus to be bad so bad that they just look for whatever possible reasons they can find, and those reasons are they're they're pretty flimsy. Um, as long as I've ever coached football, defensive linemen get rotated. They get rotated for two reasons. They get rotated one because of a situational uh, field presence. In other words, depending on what the down at distance is and where we are on the field. And they get rotated for a second reason, which is because they are uh, usually running a certain amount of sets or reps. And then they get absolutely gassed. And then the next guy comes in. Do you want a totally gassed Montez sweat or do you want a fresh guy on the field? Now, I will admit that you want your best players on the field. And that is absolutely the case. But tell me a little bit about what you think about Travis Smith. Ryan Dangle, do you want him fired too? Because he's the def- defensive line coach. But nobody's talking about Travis Smith. So I think people just grasp for things. Oh, he had two assistants that were fired. People just want to talk about, oh, he can't choose assistants because two assistants were fired. He can't finish games. They want to ignore the fact that when it was time to finish games, the offense was anemic and there were no weapons on the field and that players like Eddie Jackson and others failed as well. And so, again, I just think, that people want Flus to be so bad that they find ways, in my opinion, that are pretty flimsy in terms of finding, like, this is why he, like, absolutely atrocious. We're pulling this franchise out of a dumpster that is in flames, and it's only been two years. It's only been two years. And a guy who doesn't lose the locker room through the things that the Bears have endured in the last two years has my respect. Yeah, maybe he is not. Uh, you know, a Pete Carroll, or maybe he is not a Mike Vrabel, and maybe he's not biting shins and knees and whatever else that the Detroit guy is. But I'll tell you, he seems to know football. He seems to have that defense playing pretty damn well. And he seems to like have maintained locker room respect and polls his respect through a shit show of a rebuild for two straight years. There might be better coaches and I'm willing to admit that, but I am not losing my shit because they retained him. I'm not losing my look. I'm not losing my shit either. I'm I'm disappointed, but I'm not going to like flip a table or, you know, like say that's it. I'm selling all my bear stuff because like I said, and uh, Jack, I, I do understand your points. There is there is progress there. There's not progress where you want it to be, especially with a quarterback as dynamic and potential as Justin Fields. But I just again, I just worry that like you're you're not getting the timelines right. And you, you're just trying to kind of like move pieces around, try and get a new offensive staff. And if that doesn't work, then if assuming you get a rookie quarterback, then you're back where you were three years ago. I, I understand maybe polls can scout quarterbacks. We don't know. He passed on CJ Stroud. He passed on everybody last year. Um, and I understand that was a weaker class than it would be this year, but there's just so many unknowns there. And if, Things don't go better because I think if you're keeping Matt Eberflus now at a seven and ten season, playoffs are expectat are the expectation, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. so then if the Bears get a rookie quarterback, try to develop him and don't make the playoffs, Eberflus gets fired. You're back where you were three or four years ago, trying to find a new coach to get with this rookie quarterback. You waste a year essentially, and now are, are you in another bad situation where you could potentially? ruin a young quarterback's career this is the issue like you just can't line him up and I, I think that's that's unfortunate that's the biggest issue i have 
That's fair. Is, I mean, do any of you do you do any of you see a path to a a third year leap, or do you just see doom and gloom? It, and they they, they would have to do something at the offensive coordinator position that they they would never do, um, which mm-hmm. is fi- find a find a young gun, find someone that is that is. I, I don't know the, the, the next wonderkin or, or someone that, that has called plays before has done it with success. And for some reason is, is out there now. I just, I, in my gut is telling me that they're going to pick up Frank Reich and they're going to sell it to us. And we're going to get all excited. Oh, Frank Reich develops quarterback and just leaving out the whole, like he was terrible with Bryce young, like absolutely atrocious with, with Bryce young. Right. Because he's, he's an Eberflus guy that just, it just screams to me like that's, that's a bears move. So I will say there are options out there uh, because coaching staffs get fired. The, the Seahawks just let their entire staff go, by the way. So guys like Shane Waldron, their entire staff is, I'd say, very talented. They A lot of those guys would be worth a look. Kellen Moore from the Chargers. Um, I don't have the list in front of me, unfortunately. But there there are other options instead of the retreads. But, um, and I, the, the issue is, will you get a guy who is willing to kind of put his career on the line or at least, you know, Make that bold move to be like, I'm going to the Chicago Bears knowing full well that I could yeah. be without a job next year and not have that job security like somebody else. Granted, they do have those that those young offensive playmakers and then potentially a rookie quarterback to work with. So that is enticing. But I just wonder how big that pool of candidates is actually going to be when you consider all the other open jobs and fresh coaching staffs that could be hired. And I I do want to hear from Logan. Sorry, I'm talking a little bit too much. Um, This is another, I guess, thing I've had an issue with all week long. You know, Ryan, your your immediate reaction or fix for the offense, and I think it's very similar to a lot of the fan base, is we need to find a wonderkin type of offensive coordinator. And my response is, do you know what we need to find? Your point. We need to find a center. And we need to find a left guard and a right guard. And Paul said, maybe we compete at left tackle and we need to find another wide receiver. We need to find assets on the field that are stable and can play. Look at what Darnell Wright did for this offense. Like even just Darnell Wright and polls talked about how he got to play a full season and now he's got a Rolodex. Basically he's got kind of data on, on the edge rushers in the league. And so now he's going to continue to improve and get better. He was a first round draft pick that played every single game and had an immediate impact. I don't care what offensive coordinator you get. If you're playing a third string center and a second string guard and a left tackle that some people still question and a rookie right tackle and Herbert is your running back who is okay, but not great. And DJ Moore is your only wide receiver aside from maybe Cole Komet. Like let's get players in the building. I get it. It all has to align the championship did, head coach, the championship offensive coordinator. But yeah. everybody did just you, goes to Wonderkin offensive coordinator. I want did players. You, Give me did players. You see, did you see some of the videos of all these wide receivers running terrible routes, running bunch routes, mm-hmm. not not getting separation? It, 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 it was maddening, absolutely maddening. Uh, well, how about the Packers? They they had a bunch of nobodies that just turned the Bears' defense into Swiss cheese. That was coached by Matt Eberflus, by the way. Jaden Reed, a second-round rookie. Dontavian Wentz. Dobbs, he is good. But I'm, I'm, you know, if that's your top option, though, like Bears, yeah. if that was on the Bears, like just put it that way, we would be in huge, huge trouble in terms of like the weapons that mm-hmm. the Packers had versus the Bears. Is, I mean, coaching does matter too when you're dialing up schemes and getting guys open. Absolutely, and that's why it's good that 
Getsy is gone. Again, it's a marriage, as Paul said, and it's mm-hmm. not one or the other. Um, but I, I just think what we have an absence of without question is offensive assets. Logan, anything else you want to throw out there? No, just love being here. It's uh, like every time I'm on this podcast, I realize like how quickly you can kind of like get outside of like the weeds of this. So anytime that I see this text thread and I check it and I see Jack and uh, and Shell's going at it, I smile a little bit. And then I also realize like how kind of out of it I am, which makes me sad because I love you guys so much. And I love uh, love all those followers like TJ. Uh, I do. We do have to put this out here. Patrick Sheldon, if anyone is looking for my perspective, I hope the entire organization, I hope the entire organization tracks a flesh eating disease. Uh, so that's, uh, that's where he's the at. Way I'm not there. Feels I'm not- about the bears is, is very close to how I feel about the white Sox, which is every time when I chime in, I'm like, I wish you fully got it. Cause like, yes, there are reasons to be so frustrated with this organization, but God, you don't understand. Jack understands. Brendan, anything else that you want to do you want to throw at us? Anything? Yeah, else? a few notes from the from the press conference. Uh, Jalen Jalen Johnson isn't going anywhere. Polls made that very clear. Uh, Darnell Mooney is probably going to play elsewhere. That he gave him a very um, tepid endorsement, pretty much just saying, "Yeah, things didn't align for him, and he kind of fell behind the the pecking order, and so he's out of there." Um, I think that uh, Polls talking about the quarterback position. Again, he talks about being blown away, but talks about character, really. Um, truthfully, I, I honestly don't know. I don't think they know what they want to do yet. They need to talk with all these guys. They need to get in the room with them, see what makes them tick. So it's going to be a very – oh, what's up, guys? What's up, Kieran? Um, it, it's going to be a very long offseason. Um, I, I, and I thought, like, Eberflus kind of talking about guys, like he mentioned Braxton Jones and Jack Sanborn as foundational guys, which was very interesting. Um but yeah, so those those were those are a few of my notes. I'm I'm trying to like compile everything, but uh yeah, there's there's been a lot. Um I don't know if you guys caught the Kevin Warren stuff either, but that was quite interesting about the stadium and build and he to Jack's point, he talked about look, we're not in we're not at the place we want to be yet, but we see the direction, we see what's building and we're going to get there essentially. So um, he said it, he, he, he basically dressed up what Ted Phillips tried to say like three years ago with the, uh, have we gotten the quarterback, right? No. Have we won enough games? No. Everything else is there. Kevin Warren actually said it with, you know, uh, he actually was able to s- speak it and, you know, make coherent sentences on like good old Teddy. But yeah, there was, there was a lot today. I, it would take us another hour to go through the whole, whole press conference. Absolutely. I think we've kind of, Go go for it, Jack, please. Just two really quick things. The press conference was clean, professional. Ryan Poles is a boss, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Dude runs a great press conference. Um, and then two, just listening to it, all the all the shows these past couple of days, uh, Waddle and Sylvie, and you know, not so much Boris and Bernstein, uh, or whoever it is now. Um, but just, Bears fans deserve better. Like Bears fans love their freaking Bears. And I just listened to like call after call after call, misguided or not, meatheaded or not, like savvy or not. I just think to myself, like almost in an emotional way, like, God damn it, the Bears fans deserve better. Like these people love their Bears so much. And I just, I mean, I I hope for everyone's sake that they freaking get it right. Because I mean, really, truly, we all deserve better. 
Jack, I mean, Jack, that's the thing is I, I, I hope with all my heart that I'm wrong. I, I, I hoped that I was wrong about the, you know, the Packers coming in and beating up on the bears. Right. Um, you, you know that I, I love this team. I, I, I continually buy their shit because I'm a sucker um, because it's a sickness. I, I cannot quit this team uh, seemingly like Patrick Sheldon wants to do though. I don't think he'll actually do it. Um, but I just, I see too many of the same things before, and that's what has me worried, which again, we could get into a long debate. We could talk about it for a really long time, but unfortunately we do not have the time in which to do so. Um, and folks, we've got some, some kind of, uh, <laughs> we've kind of got some big news. Um, so everybody knows, right. If you've been paying atten- any attention to the show that Logan's job has kept him away from, from being a regular contributor to the podcast, which breaks our freaking hearts. Um, and then Patrick Sheldon, you know, talking a little bit about wanting to, spend a little bit more time with with his kids and we wanted a little bit more flexibility so we're not we're not we're not losing anybody nobody's nobody's getting fired or anything along those lines there's nothing stupid like that instead what we're going to do is we're actually bringing someone on board and we're pretty freaking stoked about this uh brendan you want to say anything before uh, before we make the announcement no go for it um so this is a guy that he's been on the show several times and every single time he came on the show we laughed so, so much. He knows his stuff through and through um, and recently just took a job and in, in, uh, fan sided and he is working for for a national, you know, writing on the NFL, not just everything. So I think that'll be really bring us some really cool perspective. So Cam won't be with us all the time, but Cam Ellis is joining in the show. He's, jo- he's become a new part of the Bear Down Chicago podcast and we are thrilled, thrilled, thrilled to have him on. He and I, we, we probably talked for about 30 minutes or so and uh you know, I didn't. We didn't know what his what his response was going to be if if he was uh, if he was going to be in for it, but uh, but he is, um, and so we're we're very very excited to bring Cam on board. All right, boys. Anything that we missed? Any last thoughts? Uh, any shout outs? Anything that you want to give Logan? No, I, I, I want to <laughs> say certain things, but uh, I, I remember that people are watching this and it's in public. So um, no, I'm just, I, it's, it's glad to be on here. It was uh, I'm excited for some playoff football. I'm, I think it's going to be a very good, very good, very cool playoffs. Lions Rams. I'm very excited for, but uh, no, it's good to be on with you guys. Good to see your faces. Jack, what about you, buddy? Uh, thanks to everybody. We've had quite an upsurge in the last three to four weeks and uh, we, we notice it. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks to everyone. Brennan, our sarcasm levels are about to double with Cam Ellis being part of the show. That's exciting. Um, super excited to you know talk ball with him more often. Uh, he's he's great at what he does, and he still even after he's he's done like national stuff, he's moved on. He still does a lot with the Bears. He still you know talks about the Bears a ton. So this is I I think it's going to be great. Um, no, I it's good to talk with you guys. I'm sorry I wasn't on Sunday. Um, Guys, I'm serious. I could not like 6 p.m. came. I'm I'm trying to write, and all of a sudden I can't see straight, and I feel like I'm gonna throw up. And I'm like, I can't do this. I had like the worst like tension headache ever, and I was so mad that because I had like a lot of thoughts about the about the Packers game and what happened. But um, no, it's it's gonna be a fun off season. It's gonna be a very interesting off season, and um, I bet we are gonna have plenty of more news stories and big moments to to react to. Oh yeah, sorry. One 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 last thing. Uh, Jacob Infante put out a list. It was pretty incredible. Uh, we ended up taking third place to CHGO and Hogan Johns. Like to be in that conversation with Damn. with those guys. Like, 
<laughs> I, I know I speak for all of us. Like, wow, incredible. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we know there are so, so many places you can get your Bears content. And we're just elated that you've chosen to hang out with us. Um, and uh, we're just now six guys that that uh, that love talking uh, that love talking Chicago Bears. For all of us here at the Bear Down Chicago podcast, we cannot say thank you enough. You can help us out a lot. Uh, you can like, you can hit subscribe. You can uh, share this with a friend, whatever it does. Uh, please, please, please um, hit us with a five-star review. It really helps to widen our audience. Uh, one last programming note, folks, which is this. Um, we are going to be very, very, very sporadic about all the things that are going on uh, the next couple of weeks. We might have a pod in two days or it might be two weeks. We, we, we don't know. Uh, but uh, please hang out with us. And thank you for hanging out with all of us here, the Bear Down Chicago podcast. And as always, Bear Down Chicago.